This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 155. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Lumstead, Jr. And in this episode, what we want to talk to you guys about is ARCs, advanced reader copies, and how you can use those in a way that is going to get you more readers. And we want to talk about a what is an ARC, because you may be like, I haven't heard of this, or oh, is that only something that traditionally published authors do? And it's not. Uh, Indie authors, savvy indie authors use ARCs as well. So an ARC is often it's a pre-release version of the book. So there's maybe one round of editing that still needs to happen. And they're nowadays anyway, at least printed on demand uh, by the publishing company for traditionally published, or you can make them yourself if you're independently published. And the idea of advanced reader copies is that you're able to give copies of your books uh, to influential people in exchange for them reviewing your book when the book comes out. Uh, You can think of it like the DVD that they send to movie critics uh, that have the movie on it uh, before it comes out in the theaters. A lot of people don't realize this, but when you're reading your New York Times review of the movie, they got a special DVD or there was a special press screening in a theater that that journalist uh, was able to go to. And that screening is uh, what allows them to have the review the day the movie comes out. So it's the same idea with books. And they are very, very powerful. And we had somebody ask, you know, I've got 100, my publisher's giving me 100 copies of my book uh, to use for promotional purposes. What should I do with those 100 copies? What's the best use of those 100 copies of my book? And you're like, oh, let me tell you. So we have seven, (laughs) eight, nine, uh, eight ways Uh, that you can use your advanced reader copies to promote your book. Y'all ready? Okay, Thomas, let me stop you right there. For an indie author who says, you know what, Thomas, I don't want to go to the expense of printing up 100 copies. What's the best way for them to go about it? They can still give away ARCs, can they not? You can do digital ARCs, and there are services that will um, handle that for you. They're kind of pricey, or you can just give away digital copies of your books. But this is one of those things potentially that you spend money on uh, to print up books and send them. Uh, but you do want to be judicious uh, with uh, what, who you're sending them to. Because if you're spending $3.50 a copy, printing up 100 copies is going to cost you $350 plus shipping to all those people. Let's say it's another three fifty dollars of shipping. You're looking at a $700 promotional expense to send out your ARCs. You're not wanting to send them out. But somebody can do it for 20, somebody can do 20 copies or 25 copies. I just want to make sure people understand they don't necessarily have to print up 200 copies of their book. Exactly. And so we're going to give you some suggested numbers here. And these are suggested numbers, assuming that you're getting 100 books printed up. Uh, Yeah, you can get a lot of the same results with only 20 copies. Uh, So with that said, let's dive in. Yeah, let's do it. The first one is to host a contest with King Sumo to give away 10 copies of your book. Uh, We're big fans of King Sumo here. We used it for the giveaway of the email drip sequence, which we are going to do a podcast episode on soon. (laughs) We're sorry it has taken uh, so long uh, for us to get to that. And that's nice of Thomas to say that. It really is kind of Thomas to say, we're sorry. should be me saying I'm sorry because I'm the one that really needs to spearhead that. And I've had some projects that have taken precedent, but I will be getting to that. Thank you, Thomas, for for wrapping yourself (laughs) into that. There you go. So, um, And for those of you who don't remember that, we had a contest where we would write a drip email sequence for your novel. 
uh, and for your writing. And everyone would get to see that drip email sequence. So it'd be some promotion for your book, but also an example of, you know, what do you do drip emails for if you're a novelist? What do you put in email two? What do you put in email three? When do they come out? We're going to have an example of all of that. So everyone wins, but one person wins more than everyone else. So to handle the contest, we used a service called King Sumo. Now, I have the WordPress version of this, uh, but it's now a website. I think it's kingsumo.com. We'll have a link in the show notes. And what makes King Sumo special from other contests is that people get an entry when they enter the contest, but they get bonus entries when they share the contest on Facebook, when they share it on Twitter, and when they get other people to sign up using their magic link. And suddenly everyone who enters your contest wants to get more people to enter your contest who want to get more people to enter your contest until suddenly you've gotten a lot of people signed up for your book to win a free copy of your book or whatever the free thing is that you're giving away. And the rule of thumb, I've said this before, I'll say it again, put bait on the hook that will attract the kind of fish you want to catch. So uh, don't give away an iPad or you'll get fans of iPads. You want to give away your book uh, or a collection of writing similar to yours. And what's great about this is that just one copy or 10 copies, however many you want to give away, can be a great way to build your email list. I think we doubled the novel marketing email list size or close to doubled it with our contest. A lot of my clients who've done King Sumo giveaways have doubled their email lists in like two or three weeks uh, doing a giveaway. It's very powerful. And the viral element is what makes it special. Uh, the second thing you can do with uh, your advanced reader copies is to give them away on Goodreads. Uh, Goodreads uh, made some changes uh, recently that made giveaways much more powerful and much more exclusive. So instead of everyone being able to give away their books on Goodreads, now only people who spend money are able to give away their books on Goodreads. So instead of being a crowded room where you're shouting to get attention, now you get a lot more attention just by showing up in the room. The downside is you have to pay money to Goodreads. So that's the downside, but it can be very effective. You can give away ebook copies on Goodreads. You can also give away paper copies. And I particularly like doing this before the book comes out. So the only way to get your book it right now and say for the first month is to win it on a contest on Goodreads. So it's a similar idea with King Sumo, but the advantage of Goodreads is that it gets added to somebody's shelf. It notifies their friends that it was added to their shelf. Then when your book does come out, Goodreads will give them a notification and sometimes even an email saying, hey, this book that was on your shelf is now available for purchase. The third, th third thing you want to, you could consider doing is sending copies to high profile and relevant bloggers. One of the things that Thomas and I run into a lot is people saying, should I do this blog tour? Should I do this blog tour? Well, maybe it depends on how many, how many readers that particular blog has. And so if you're not familiar with Alexa, uh, you can go to alexa.com and we'll have some links in the show notes. That's a way to find out how many people are actually reading this blog. If it's your friend that's had a blog for five years and nobody's reading it, well, it doesn't make sense to spend the time and energy to give away copies to that person. So this is a tool where you can go and see, are people reading this blog? And maybe more importantly, is it relevant? Because if your book, your novel um, goes on a site like, you know, mommy bloggers, it's about finances and that sort of thing, it makes no sense. So this is a great way to get influence. It's a great way to get new readers, but you do need to check it out ahead of time and make sure that that blog is relevant and has enough readers that it makes sense. And Alexa isn't going to tell you how many people visit that website. What it gives you is a score 
of the website. So the most popular score on all of Alexa is you know, facebook.com or google.com and its score is one, which means it's the number one most popular website on the internet. So with Alexa, the lower the score, the better. And uh, what's confusing about Alexa is that it is owned by Amazon and has nothing to do with the Alexa speaker, <laughs> the smart home speaker. It's a completely different product. It's actually been something that's been tracking website data for over a decade, maybe even over two decades. Le- Alexa is a very old service and it buys data from internet service providers and they have paid premium levels, but the free version will give you the score of the website. And the rule of thumb is you want to go with Alexa website or websites with an Alexa score less than a million. So you, if you're going to be on a blog, it needs to at least be in the top million websites on the world. It's not a high bar. <laughs> so there can be, you know, 900,000 <laughs> websites that are more popular than the blog that you're on, but it, at least that. So the top million websites, the probably getting the, at the low range, about a thousand visitors a month in the 1 million range. Obviously, if you can find somebody less than that, you know, less than a hundred thousand, that's even better. And spend time going after bloggers with uh, low Alexa scores. And just as a rule of thumb, if somebody's on Blogger or Blogspot, they probably don't have a popular blog. Uh, talented, savvy bloggers that moved off of Blogspot and Blogger a long time ago. There's not a lot of popular blogs left uh, except by Google employees. <laughs> the only ones I've seen on Blogger with popular blogs. Um, popular blogs now are on people's own domains and on medium.com. Uh, those are the two I, I see blogs that have some good traffic. But really, you might be able to find a diamond in the rough. And on Blogger, I'm sure there's still a few popular blogs here and there. And you can find that out with the Alexa score. Once you find the blogger with a high score, reach out to them. Say, hey, would you like a free copy of my book? they say yes, you send them a free copy. Uh, I wouldn't just send them a free copy out of the blue. I received a free book from somebody and it just showed up in the mail. There was no letter, no introduction of who it was from, no reason why I should read it. And I didn't read it. (laughs) So don't do that. I was just going to say, I think you should be able to say to Alexa, Alexa, uh, <laughs> tell me the Alexa score for a particular blog. I think that would be cool. Amazon should do that. And for those of you listening to a podcast, uh, this episode with a uh, our friend's name uh, running in the background, we're sorry for triggering your Alexa speaker. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Good point. number four is to send uh, advanced reader copies to journalists. I had a uh, somebody on my launch team of my book, Courtship in Crisis, was so excited about my book. I think he himself bought a case of books. He may have bought or he asked for, but I think he paid for the first case uh, of 10 books. And I sent and he, he bought the books and then he uh, mailed them to journalists that he that not that he knew but that he thought would cover this topic and i had journalists reaching out to me from his outreach and uh, i even had a radio person come to my office and interview me uh, based off of this person in my launch team sending out copies of my book uh, to journalists and then he was like i want to do more and i sent him the second box for free (laughs) It's like, you can send all the books you want now. You you have earned a special status. Uh, but this is really powerful, and it's a great way uh, to send out books. I would just send out books blind. I think what he did is he wrote a letter along with the book and why it was interesting. But uh, this is really powerful. Jim? 
Well, I th- I'm going to push back on you a little bit and say, and, and I want to drill down into what he did to make it stand out and make it different because journalists get hundreds and hundreds of books and not only journalists, but radio talk show hosts and all this kind of thing. And most of them do just go, oh, another one and put it aside or give it to somebody in the station and go, do you want to read this or the newsroom? I don't want to read this. So what did he do different? That that surprises me that you got as much much action on that as you did. Well, my book was on a controversial topic and on an interesting topic, and I think that helped. So the fact that I was talking about dating relationships and the journal and and courtship, the journalists that did reach out to me were ones who are familiar with courtship, who are familiar with like kiss dating goodbye, right? And so it, if he sent it to like the New York Times or somewhere, it didn't work. The New York Times didn't didn't contact me, and I think this is really savvy. He was sending journalists that he personally listened to, and he was in my target audience. Okay, so so he had he could reference their show. Plus, if he did it right, he mentions the fact that your blog post went absolutely gonzo viral. I'm sure I'm sure that that had a, something to do with it as well. Right, sending it along with an, a letter that says why this book is unlike any book you've ever read is is what the journalist is looking for. They're looking for something new. They're looking for something edgy. You'll notice that every you know four weeks or so, journalists go crazy about some new book about the White House. Why? Because everyone wants to know what's going on inside the White House. And if this is, hey, it's, you know, it's unlike any other book that's ever been written. Be, uh, why? Because I give you the real scoop. All the other people who gave you the real scoop were giving you fake news. I'm giving you the truth. You should read my book about what's going on inside the White House. And suddenly it's like, oh, my gosh, it's more information. And we got to have it. So I, obviously don't. I'm not saying you need to go get a job at the White House, but finding that 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 uh, <laughs> hook, that thing that makes your book interesting is powerful. And I will say um, it is harder with fiction. Journalists don't talk about fiction as much. So you're going to have to really be creative on why your book is interesting. But for nonfiction, if you're talking about any kind of topic, uh, find the journalists who cover that topic, who have that beat. And they're the ones who are going to be the most likely to uh, cover your book. All right. Number five. Jim? Ask your launch team to recommend influencers. In other words, your launch team is going to know somebody who knows somebody or they know somebody. And we did a whole episode on this. How do you connect to somebody that can be truly influential? And essentially, we piggybacked on the idea of Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separation and got it down to about three. Um, between Thomas and I, I think in that episode, we figured out we can get to just about anyone in the world um, with three connections. Well, you can do the same thing. So don't, you might be surprised to find out who some of your friends or people on your launch team know. So tell that to them, explain that to them. Is there anybody that you could get to with this book that, that I might, um, that you might not have thought of that could be a strongly influential person. Make that list. Follow up on that. Did you have a chance to get to them? And and again, you'll be surprised at who you can get to with your book that you never thought you might be able to. Another thing you want to ask them is who is influencing you? Who are your influencers? So maybe they're not connected with this person, but there's a YouTube channel they follow that's really popular. The number one YouTube channel gets more viewers in a week than the number one TV show. Ponder that for a moment. So the top YouTube videos have better ratings than the top TV shows. That is the world that we live in. And these YouTubers, there's millions of them, and they're often a lot easier to reach out to because they don't get flooded with free books. Uh, The TV station does, but the YouTube guy doesn't get flooded with free books. And if he holds up your book and talks about it and your launch team is like, oh, yeah, 
Joe Smith's, you know, news podcast. I watch it every day. And if he recommends your book, then I'll, you know, I buy every book that he recommends. Well, gosh, find out who Joe Smith is, get his address and send him a free copy. Uh, that's, that's the person that you're wanting to look at. But who the influencers are depends on who your target audience is. And this is why having a launch team is so useful, is that they become your representative sample of who influences you. Maybe your launch team is influenced by podcasters. Maybe they're influenced by bloggers. Maybe they're influenced by you know their local t- talk radio show. There's a Christian talk radio show or a news talk radio show in their town they listen to every morning. Those, I will say, as somebody who used to have a talk radio show, we have. I had to come up with two hours of things to talk about every single day. <laughs> it was very easy to get on my show if you had a book, if you could convince me that you're even remotely interesting or remotely uh, fascinating. I'd have you on for five minutes, no problem. <laughs> Especially if you give me a copy or two to give out to my listeners. Um, yeah, I'd have loved to have you on my show. And there's a lot of you know small talk radio shows that are like that. Ask your launch team for a recommendation as to who those are. That's where you're going to find the good ones, the ones that are overlooked, the ones that aren't on the big long lists that everyone hands out of talk radio shows. Number six, Thomas, do you like the idea of sending out signed copies? Uh, yes, uh, especially, so this is number six, to send signed copies as a personal thank you uh, to people on your launch team, especially the ones who go above and beyond the call of duty. So that one guy on my launch team, I think it was his copy. So one of the influencers he sent a copy to was Joshua Harris, the guy who wrote I Kissed Dating Goodbye, who went on to read it and is you know now come out with a documentary about how he's changed his mind on dating and relationships. And it was all due to one guy on my launch team sending out some copies of the book. And so you want to make sure and thank the people who are helping you out. And this is a good, especially if you're getting free copies of your book from your publisher. Sometimes everybody in the launch team gets a free copy. Sometimes you want your launch team to buy copies of your books, uh, especially if you're indie, you want to show some legitimate sales if they're leaving reviews on Amazon. It's up to you how you handle that. Uh, But I would definitely send a personalized thank you to people who've really gone out of their way. And not just people on your launch team, but anyone who's really helped you on your book. So did a friend of yours, you know, give you a lot of beta reading feedback, you know, send them a little signed copy as a thank you. It's a good use of that, especially if it says advanced reader copy, because it becomes kind of a collectible. So when I had advanced reader copies of my book, I, you know, I was a little nervous that people would post them for sale on Amazon and get money, but I have not seen that at all. No one is selling their signed copies. Everyone's keeping them uh, as collector's items, which has been very encouraging to see. Uh, Maybe they've been posting them and I've sold and I haven't seen it, but uh, I I found that that's very powerful. And one more little thing that you can do, this is just supporting your launch team, but if they are buying your book and you're not necessarily sending them out, take the time to send book plates to them and, and, and give them the chance to put that book plate, that sticker. And for those of you who don't know what a book plate is, essentially it's a sticker and you can go real low tech and just buy some from Office Depot, you know, a white sticker that you put on there. It's like an address label, or you can go real high tech and, and design some really cool looking book plate, but essentially you sign it you write a nice note on it and then you mail that snail mail that to them and then they can, they can put it in the book. All right. Uh, the seventh uh, way you can use advanced reader copies goes right hand in hand with my other podcast, the creative funding show. So on the creative funding show, we talk about how uh, authors can make money outside of their books. And the seventh way is to give a signed copy to your patrons. So I know a lot of authors will have a Patreon level uh, where their patrons are you know, donating $10 a month. And one of the perks that they get at the $10 a month level is they get a signed copy of every new book that comes out. 
And that's valuable, right? That's $120 a year. You're willing to say you're writing four books a year. That's still worth it to you to send a signed copy uh, of each one of your books uh, to your patrons. And it makes them feel special and helps them feel part of it. You won't want to just give away that. For more on the sorts of things to, uh, sorts of ways to use Patreon, do listen to my other show, Create a Funny Show. I don't go into too much of it here. Uh, But I will say this is worth it, even if you have to buy these copies yourself. It's still worth it to give um, copies to your patrons because you want that you want them to feel thanked for helping you out. And we are, I will say, Novel Marketing has a Patreon page, and we are very thankful of our patrons. And we spend a lot of time with our patrons, hoping that they get value uh, for the money that they donate. And we have a you know bonus episodes. They get a bonus Q and A episode. They get a bonus bundle. We try to, and they give and they get huge discounts on all of our stuff. So we're very thankful of our patrons. And I will just say, I haven't talked to Jim about this, but if we ever come out with a novel marketing book, uh, our top patrons will all get free signed copies. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll just, we'll, we'll practice what we preach over here. Um, all right. So the final way that you can use advanced reader copies is to allow pastors, and if your book's not targeting a religious audience, just put any kind of influencer here, uh, create a form on your website where influencers can request a free copy. And on this form, you want to ask them, you know, what's your website? How many visitors do you have? How many Twitter followers? You want to find out if they really are an influencer or not or not. And where they fill out the form, you're like, oh, gosh, yeah, you have influence. I'm happy to give you a free copy. This can be a very powerful way because there's a lot of influencers who'd love to get a free copy of your book and will promote your book to their audiences or their congregations or their listeners or their viewers or whatever. But they uh, don't know that they could ask for a free copy. So just put the uh, free book request form somewhere on your website or the influencers book request form on your website. And you may be surprised at the kind of influencers who are requesting a free copy of your book. And that's already started the relationship because you can message them back, you have their email address. So maybe they have you as an interview on their show or they, you know, they have you on their podcast or their blog. Uh, putting that form on your website is very easy to do. If you're on WordPress, you can use, uh, I use Gravity Forms, which is a premium form plugin, but there's also Contact Form 7 and many other uh, popular form plugins. Uh, even Jetpack now has a form plugin for WordPress. So there's no reason not to have this along with your contact form if you're wanting influencers to promote your book. Uh, Thomas, speaking of Patreon, we have a featured patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast. And this episode, it's David L. Winters, and he has written a book called Driver Confessional. A Christian rideshare driver lands in hot water with the Russian mob. Antonio and his cop brother must solve a murder before it's too late. And we will have a link in the show notes if you want to purchase that book or at least check it out. Again, the book is Driver Confessional by David L. Winters. And this episode is brought to you by My Book Table. It's a way to quickly and easily build an online bookstore on your WordPress website. Use it to rank number one on Google for your book and to boost your book sales on sites like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can get it for free at mybooktable.com. And if you want the paid pro version, novel marketing patrons save 25%. Find out more at mybooktable.com. And we have an announcement, a couple of exciting announcements. The first is that novel marketing, uh, Jim and I were digging through our stats earlier right before the show you're like oh my goodness we've been listened to in over 100 countries uh including some ones you wouldn't (laughs) think about like saudi arabia and brazil and um the netherlands and india we have 300 over 300 downloads in india 
uh, which is remarkable because uh, our language is not in any of those languages. <laughs> so I guess they speak in English for the, there's a lot of English speakers in India. But uh, so anyway, if you're an international listener, we just want to say thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. That's so cool. Great to have you. And if any of you have an idea for a future show, drop us a line. Uh, or if you know a good guest or you think you would be a good guest for the show, shoot us an email, uh, send us a tweet. There's lots of ways to get in touch. And who knows, you might find yourself featured on a future episode. And if you have a topic that um, you'd like us to cover, we haven't actually said this for a long time. So if you have a topic and you've thought, oh, I really want you guys to cover X, let us know what that is. And, and good chance we'll... We'll devote an episode to that. That's right. And a quick for those of you asking, uh, my wife has not yet given birth. <laughs> so we are about a month away now. So I think it's 30 something days uh, away from the due date. And I have a theory of a way of uh, managing pain. Uh, so my wife and I have been discussing this. I came across a study about how people who are playing video games required half as much painkillers after surgery as people who weren't playing video games. And so I was like, you know, this is a perfect excuse to buy Nintendo Switch, you know, for pain management. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Nintendo Switch, it's, a, it's like a Nintendo you plug into your TV, but you can also, it has an eight-hour battery and you can play it on the couch or in a hospital bed. So we're going to experiment with using a Nintendo Switch as a uh, pain mitigation feature. Uh, we had the idea when we were taking this pregnancy class and I was supposed to like do my fingers in a certain way and my wife was supposed to breathe and I was supposed to count down and the whole point of this was to distract her from the contraction and I'm like this is not very distracting I think we can do better <laughs> so we got some switch games so it may work it may not work but worst case scenario we now have a Nintendo switch so I'm I'm optimistic and you can report back to us Thomas right uh, and, and let us know if it did work that's right. Although since this is our first baby, we don't have anything to compare it to. So, so I don't know if our findings will be statistically or scientifically valid, but I will, I will report back uh, once we have. They might just be opinion. There's been a lot of opinion on this show. For more opinion, listen to my other podcasts because <laughs> those are uh, quite opinionful. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we appreciate uh, y'all listening to the show. Yes, and uh, I guess there's nothing more to say except that you've finished another episode of the Novel Marketing Podcast with me, James L. Rubart, and Thomas Umstead, soon-to-be Daddy Jr., giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thank you so much for listening.